Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Good morning, good to be together. It's been an exciting weekend with uh, weddings and... uh, so we had a great time yesterday, and we congratulate Kathy uh, and Bruce once again for, for their wedding. Uh, they're away for a couple of days, a well-deserved break. And so we carry on in our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, you begin to see uh, how Jesus begins to wrap up the Sermon on the Mount with the importance of who he is, but also how Uh, He longs to be with his children as a father. And we know that we're all fascinated by prayer. And, uh, you know, there's some great quotes down through the ages on great warriors of prayer. For example, A.J. Gordon uh, wrote, You can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Watchman Nee said, Satan laughs at our toiling, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Martin Luther said, praying is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. And Corrie ten Boom, that great saint, said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Folk Jesus said amazing words in Uh, this teaching on prayer. And it's interesting to note that the disciples never ever asked Jesus to show them how to perform miracles or to show them how to do healings. But he, the disciples said one request or gave one request to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And friends, I want to focus on How prayer changes me. How prayer changes me. If I'm in a relationship with someone, I begin to investigate what their heart's desire is. And hopefully they begin to investigate what my heart's desire is. And so when we got married, uh, I began to learn things about my beautiful wife. And I was just normal. No, and then she obviously began to learn things about me. And we change because we want to add value to the other person's life. I don't fully understand how she can love some things. And she doesn't fully understand how I can love some things. But we begin to change because we love one another and we're in relationship with one another. And who changes? Well, certainly I need to change and she needs to change. Because the one you're in relationship in is the, you, you long to desire uh, uh, to, cha- to bless them, to add value to them. And that's what prayer is all about. It's not uh, this monologue where uh, I send messages up to God. It's a dialogue. In fact, in Communication 101 at university, you'll realize that that there is a a sender that sends a message to a receiver. 
That's monologue. It's not communication yet. When the receiver responds, then there is communication. And so prayer is a relationship with God, a relationship with the Father. And as we pray and send messages to Him, we wait for His response. And we begin to pray what He wants us to pray because we're in relationship with Him. I don't pray, Lord, change my wife's heart so she begins to love what I love. That Harley Davidson, Lord, change her heart. No, I pray, Lord, change my heart that I'm able to add value to her life. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12, this is what Jesus says about prayer. And he, he, he teaches them to pray boldly. But what are they to pray? Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you will have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Well, folks, there are some who have the opinion that you only ask once. When you pray to God, you only ask once. Because if you ask more than once, that shows lack of faith. I'm not too sure if that's correct. Because when I read the scriptures, I see point number one, that we are to be courageous and determined in seeking God's blessings. And that's why we ask, we seek, and we knock. In the previous chapters, Jesus warns us against worrying, uh, against doubting his goodness. He also warns us about seeking to take control of our own lives. In fact, to try and take control of other people's lives. He warns us against that. He warns us against judging, against seeking to control uh, things that are beyond our control. And that's why he says, ask, seek, knock. The word ask in the Greek there, eteo, means come before him and beg. <laughs> Scary stuff. Beg. I don't beg for anything. Beg. Because you call upon his name. Etel means to crave, to desire, to require. If I desire something so bad, I come and I beg and I ask. And in the process of begging and asking and craving, I begin to change in my own heart. Because I begin to see what is the plan and purpose of God rather than my own plan and purpose. As I line up with his plan and purpose, so I begin to ask the correct things. So it's not about me, myself, and I anymore. It's beginning to ask what he wants, to beg what he wants. I know that I know that I know that that red Ferrari or that black Harley Davidson is not what God wants for me. I know that. 
My wife confirms it. <laughs> but as I come before him and I, I pray it once, and I've never prayed it. If I pray it once, I realize, <laughs> I'm not sure if that God wants me you know, to pray that prayer. You know that that's not right. But as I begin to, to beg and, and desire and crave God's kingdom and God's presence in my life, more of the Holy Spirit in my life, yes, now we're on the right path. Ask. Seek. Ziteo is the word there. Ziteo. Seek in order to find. Not a boy's look, but seek in order to find. When you're looking for something, you, you have intention, you have purpose in order to find it. Not one of these I'm looking. No. You, you, the, and in that process, as I'm asking and as I'm seeking in order to find, as I come before him in humility... So I line up with what he wants me to line up with. Because in James chapter 5, it talks about the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. So as I seek and crave his heart, so I change in my own heart. And then I knock. Kruo. I knock. I knock until the door opens. And when the door's closed, maybe I'm knocking um, at the wrong door because God's got a better door. But I need to be courageous and come before him. And in that courage, God changes my own heart and I need to be determined to carry on asking. In fact, in the previous chapter, in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek, same words that there are. Him first, proton is the word. Seek him, number one, and his righteousness. And you know, as you begin to do that, all these things fall into place. Why? Because it's his plan and purpose that we are seeking. Do we pray, Lord, may my team win? Well, it's okay to pray that. I don't know. Lord, give me a parking spot as I drive into the shopping center, the one close to the door. Christopher, you're fat. You go to the other side of the parking lot. But, you know, I, I begin to desire. I begin to crave. I begin to, to look in order to find what his plan and purpose is in my life rather than my own plan and purpose. And prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. In fact, what does what uh, what, what uh, you know, Jesus teach them? He, he, he teaches them that he's a father and he wants to get, give good gifts to his children. Why? Because we are in his kingdom. Now, folks, the word kingdom, king, and reign are, are the same word in the Greek. The word kingdom, vasilia, the word king, vasilias, the word reign, vasilefs, same root word. And so we are children of the kingdom, and that's why we pray kingdom prayers, if that makes sense. Why? Because he is our king. And as we come before him and pray those kingdom blessings and kingdom prayer, sorry, kingdom prayers, it's so we can receive kingdom blessings. Why? Because he is our king. 
You know, you hear people say, well, you know, I pray it stops raining so we can have a good baseball game. Well, you know, in a time of, of, you know, desperate need of rain, do we pray that kind of prayer? Now, I don't want to get pedantic on that. It would be good to have the game anyway. No. What we're saying is that we begin to seek and crave what God wants. And, and we go, what is that that God wants? Well, he gave us exactly what he wants in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is your plan and purpose on earth as it is in heaven, Lord? Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive those who... Uh, debt against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Different translations in different uh, versions of scripture. And so what is he asking us to pray? That first, uh, pray to God that his kingdom will come in my life. His presence, his rule and his reign, because he's king of my life, if he is king of my life. And then he asks us to pray for our needs, for our relationships with him and with one another, and also pray that we will be faithful to the very end. To be faithful in serving him to the very end. And our prayers must not be kind of airy, fairy prayers, but they need to be uh, prayers that are reflected uh, of his kingdom and us as children of the kingdom. In Ephesians 4.2, says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. As I pray for you and as you pray for me, so we are coming before him, craving his desires in our lives, and we are helping one another on that same journey of blessings. And so that word there for bearing one another Anerchome, it's got to to do with put up with one another. Put up with one another. Endure with one another. Pick one another up, if you like, as you bear with one another. And so, point number one, let's be courageous. Let's be courageous and begin to seek his plan and purpose in our lives. Number two, expect God's blessings based on on the Father's kindness. Expect God's blessing based on the Father's kindness. Now, folk, I'm sure that some have had a rough upbringing with not the best figure uh, or father figure in their lives. But listen to what Jesus says. That any normal father, normal, all things being equal, will never try and mock their child in a time of need. And that's what Jesus is saying. And he says in verse 9, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? In fact, Luke actually adds a third one uh, about, uh, you know, an egg will give him a scorpion. Which father would ever do that? And you know what Jesus says? You who are human know that you will never do that to your child. You're human. In fact, Jesus calls us 
um, evil, <laughs> because we have evil desires. He was obviously thinking of Jeremiah 79, that the heart is desperately wicked above all things, and who can fathom it? Who, uh, which father will actually, in a time of need, mock their son and say, you hungry son, you want some bread? Well, take a stone instead. There's no way that a father will ever do that to his child. There's no way a father will deceive his son. Now, folk, we know that, that um, bread was obviously one of the staple uh, foods at the time, and there were little round limestones on the seashore there. And Jesus uses that example, that metaphor, that if a, a child asks the father for some bread, would the father give him a, a, a little limestone? You know, it wasn't bread the way we have it now, sliced, <laughs> you know, sometimes buttered, you know, just put in the oven. No, it's a little bread, small one, and Jesus, and they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Would any father give his son a limestone and mock him in his time of need? Absolutely not. Here, son, take some bread so you can lose your teeth. A father would never do that. A father would never do that. Or perhaps a son asking for fish, another one of the staple foods, would give him a serp serpent. Jesus talking about an eel there. And they knew that they weren't allowed to eat an eel, according to Leviticus chapter 11. Why would a father give something that is forbidden to eat to a child? No way, Jesus is saying, no way. Never do that in their time of hunger, to mock his son. But also, as Luke uh, gives us the illustration of an egg, an egg, uh, you know, we know that the, the, the egg uh, looked like a scorpion, you know, with its pincers in. But when you move that scorpion that looked like an egg, its pincers would come out, grab hold of you with its pincers and sting you with its poisonous tail. Any father would never do that to their child. And so Jesus is saying, listen, a father wants to give his child a blessing. And the word blessing, makario, means to add to. A father wants to add to their child. And that's what God wants to do for you and for me. If my son were to come and ask me for something that is totally unreasonable, I would say, no, son, that will harm you. That will harm you. You don't know it now, but son, it could harm you. And so I don't think it's a good idea. But dad, I really want it. No, but son, from my own experience, I don't think that will be good for you. But how about this? This will be good for you. And that's what Jesus is saying here. A good father wants to bless his children. He wants to add to them. And Jesus is saying here, how much more does a father want to give generously to us? And that, that you know, those good gifts, the word good there, there's two Greek words for good. Kalos, something that is aesthetically good, like kali, something calligraphy, good looking to the eye, um, and all the other kali Kalos, something that is attractive aesthetically. But here Jesus uses the word agathos, which means God good. Something that will be of spiritual benefit to you, Jesus is saying. 
So you are able to give gifts to your child. And you're not the best. But how much more does a father want to give, give good gifts, God good gifts to their child? Why? Because he is our father. And Jesus actually compares here. And he actually, how much more? That word how much more has got to do with percentage. I know that I give good gifts to my son. And what Jesus is saying, percentage-wise, I can give so much more because I created that. But when you come to pray, pray the right things because your heart will be changed as you pray. Because prayer changes me. It doesn't twist God's rubber arm. It changes me to line up with what God wants me to pray. And thirdly, and in closing, as we get blessed, we give out of the Father's abundance to others. As my heart is changed, as I've been filled to overflow, so my heart is changed with the blessings that I've received to give to others in abundance. Jesus says in verse 12, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The word do there to others, peor, uh, uh, is, is make the situation uh, acceptable to others the way you would like it to be acceptable to you. Do it in such a way that you want it to be done to you. And we call that the golden rule. The golden rule. Um, and so Jesus does, and in fact, Jesus says, listen, let me sum up the law and the prophets. Law, the, just about the whole Old Testament. Let me sum it up for you. Do unto others as you want them to be done to you. Let me sum up the whole Old Testament, Jesus is saying. Because they would have known about it. Let me sum it up for you. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. The word P.O. again, lighten their ship, lighten their load so yours can be lightened. <laughs> It talks about performing in such a way that, you know, for others, so they can perform for you. Work for others so they can work for you. And folk, in this process of seeking God, and my heart gets changed and I begin to see things from a different perspective. Jesus started this on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And here, when he's about to conclude, because Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are the Sermon on the Mount, he's about to conclude, and he's basically saying, listen, here it is, summing it up like this. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Because that's how you invest in the kingdom of God, and that's how you receive those kingdom blessings. Regardless of how others treat you, Regardless how, of, of how you want to be treated, Jesus is saying, go and bless others because your heart has been changed through praying the prayers that he wants you to pray. Even if we are, we're not the best, we begin to sow in other people's lives. And can I say this? It's not possible in your own strength because I don't like some people. No. And folk, because we don't like some people, it's hard to love them. But God calls us 
to begin to focus on what he would have. What he would have. And to begin to focus on what he would have. So my heart changes. And I'm able to love them. And praise God for the Holy Spirit. Lord, please change my, my, my outlook. Folk, I, I struggled to pray for my uncle. He was an abusive nutcase, to put it nicely. My dad's twin brother. And somebody said to me, just pray for him. That's what Jesus meant, pray for your enemies. I thought, Lord, I don't want to think about this guy. He looks like my dad. I don't want to think about him. Pray for him. Pray for him. And focus, I begin to discipline myself and begin to hate myself because I'm putting that man's name in my mouth saying, God, bless him. Bless him. My heart began to change. And he didn't stay my enemy. He now became my friend. Because to pray for my enemy, he now becomes my friend. My prayers were different. Lord, wipe him out. And God knew exactly who him was. But my mentor said to me, pray for him, mention him, bring him before the throne of God. He died. I can still feel guilty about not praying for him. But praise God, my heart changed. Because prayer changes me. Whoever that enemy is, I beg you, pray for them. Because they no longer stay your enemy. They now become your friend as hard as it is to mention their name. And so I'm challenged. I'm challenged. How are my prayers? What do I pray for? Because prayer changes things, but also prayer changes me. Psalm 37 verse 4, beautiful passage. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight in the Hebrew uh, is, listen, just uh, enjoy who he is. That's what that word, mean, delight, uh, that word delight means. It's a luxurious thing. It's not, it should not be drudgery. But as you are in relationship with him, so you enjoy him, it's, it's a great thing. And what happens? As you do that in the Lord, he will give you the desires, that word means requests of your heart. Why? Because the prayer of a righteous person lines up with the things of God, and that avails much. And so it's liberating, praying for my uncle, the other uncle now, <laughs> rather than that Harley Davidson. It's liberating, because my heart has been changed. I love the way we read it in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12 in the message. It's a paraphrase. It says this way, don't bargain with God, be direct. Lord, wipe him out. Or oh, Lord, touch his heart and change him. 
Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If you ask for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you don't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think that God who conceived you in love will be even better? Question mark. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets. And this is what you get. There's a story of this homeless person who would go out onto the streets each morning and he would beg for food or money to buy some food. And once he'd had enough, he'd go and sit in this beautiful cathedral. And he had this interesting look on his face. Day in and day out, he'd go and sit there and the vicar would walk past and look at him and not say anything. After a few months, he went and tapped this man on the shoulder. He said to him, sorry, sir, you come in here. You close your eyes. You've got this interesting look on your face, day in and day out. What is it? And this homeless man said, he looks at me and I look at him. And we're happy together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. We realize, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but only by your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray that you will come and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, that we might put on the eyes of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God here on earth. Lord, we have your resurrected power within us. Help us to do this, Lord. Change us. Transform us. Renew our minds, we pray. That we might be able to pray what you would have us pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.